Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome in everybody to this very special Haunted Headlines live version where myself, Dave, Jesse, and special guest Shelby from Scary to Sleep are going to talk about some news clippings from the past the 1800s the early 1900s we're going to talk about ghosts we're going to talk about graves we're going to talk about weird deaths and we're going to talk about frogs you'll see here on this special live episode What's going on? I am super excited to do this. One of my favorite side contents. I'm glad to be doing this with a live audience and especially with Shelby. <laughs> All right. So why don't we explain what Haunted Headlines is just in case there's some people that skip the side content episodes. This is their first one. Basically, what I do is I go and I find headlines, newspaper articles from hell, it could be the 1700s all the way to the early 1900s and find some of the more bizarre ones, some of the ghost stories that were in there. Sometimes we find some advertisements, but they're always interesting, they're always fun, and we like to kind of do this one a little bit different, where we dissect it as we're reading it. And do we just want to jump into one right away? Do we jump in and dissect the frog one? No, we're saving the frog one. I'm very for- excited about the frog one. I I said too much already. I shouldn't have even told you guys there's a frog one. Now everybody's waiting for the frog one. (laughs) I'm excited for. Did you build it up too much? Is it going to be like a letdown of a frog one, or is it going to be like last time I was here we had haunted grapes? So. Oh, we did have haunted (laughs) grapes last time. That is true. Um, I don't know if it's going to be too much of a of a letdown. It's it's going to be different, is what I will say. It's definitely going to be a bit different. We're full of small letdowns here on Hometown Ghost Stories. (laughs) Just a collection of letdowns. (laughs) All right. So this first haunted headline, because we are Hometown Ghost Stories, let's start with a ghost story. This one is from 1908, and it is titled, Father's Ghost Told of Death, Montgomery, Alabama, October 1st. News has been received here of the death of Bo's Skipper, at Monroeville, 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 Alabama. Don't cut that. I would guess. I would guess Monroeville. All right, we'll go with that. Under peculiar circumstances, a few days ago, he walked out to his well. Returning, he told his family that he had met his father, who was dead, and had shaken hands with him. He said that his father told him that he was going to die and leave his business in a tangle, just as his father had done. He said his father told him to wind up his business, that he would soon come after him. Skipper, on the next day, went to Greenville with his cotton paid for his grave, returned home and went to bed. The family physician was called, but he was beyond the aid of medical science. He finally clenched his teeth and refused to take any more medicine. So we have a dude who sees the father of his ghost who comes who to tell dead. him he's going to die. Who's that? <laughs> well, yes, usually ghost. The way that's dead. written is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, the newspaper articles of this time are so hard to read because they just start throwing hyphens all over the place and... <laughs> Just yeah, it's like they have to they have to fit them into a column. So you always get like bisected words and fragmented words and stuff. Did you say the father of his ghost? Um, I might. That's confusing. The ghost. Maybe it was the ghost. The of ghost of his father. Yeah, maybe that was what it was. Anyways, his father comes and tells him, who is dead, that he's going to die, to wrap up his business, and he immediately dies like within a few days so very peculiar ghost story um not 
not what I want to happen to me. And everyone's so matter of fact in the 1800s too. It's just like, yep, saw my father, shook his hand. He's a ghost. And he told me I'm going to die. It sounds like a, uh, definitely like some sort of foreshadowing for sure. Hmm. Very creepy. I'm uncomfortable and scared. (laughs) Shelby, in this situation, let's say that a, um, someone you know doesn't have to be a family member that has passed on comes up to you and they tell you you're about to die wrap up your podcast what are you doing are you are you passing your podcast down to a jesse maybe a dave perhaps a rod <laughs> or are you going to leave it in a tangled web for others to figure out i never even considered passing the torch the scary to sleep torch to someone else but i guess that would be something. I mean, someone's got to go on air and tell everyone I died, right? That's true. So. Oh, maybe, I, your, maybe your ghost would do it. That'd be pretty ooh. cool. I, maybe I could pre-record one oh, and then just you just have, have to pre-record one. Come play it. Yeah, that'd be even better. I can add some reverb too to make it. I'm just gonna say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that idea for us to all just pre-record a message just in case. It's a little. We do a blood pact for what? the four of us. Yes. One whoever's left needs to play <laughs> everyone's. <laughs> Death note. <laughs> I'm in. Hands? Did someone get a, give me a knife? Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it right now. All right. Do that, we that want is to... actually a, a creepy story, though, because it does sound. It, 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 he must have told someone the story, though, if it gets printed. But he uh, he wouldn't take his medicine. And he just succumbed to something. He, I, okay, that's what I got caught up on that, too. He did say he refused to take medicine. So was he beyond medical help or was he refusing? Well, medical? it's. It was like 1897, right? What is the medicine? Cocaine. <laughs> That's oh, true. Cocaine. He's like Probably opium cocaine. and everything. Could have, you know. Yeah, I mean. Alcohol. <laughs> they did that. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the whiskey amnesia, not amnesia. That's Dave's excuse. He's constantly healing. Anesthesia. <laughs> anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of some leeches, a couple leeches. He was like, no more leeches. I just want to go. I hate stories like this, though, because I'm afraid of this final destination stuff. Like if I ever the way to get me, I shouldn't even say this. If you come up to me and you're like, you're going to die in two days, I'm going to not leave bed for two days because. Well, well, but that could be the problem. Then you could, you're going to start overthinking it and being like, well, maybe I'm going to die because I haven't left bed in two days. Maybe I should. And then you're distracted and you just walk in front of a train or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely true all right do we want to jump into our least fun one but like the most morbid one that i have and if this is too morbid maybe we won't do one this morbid again in the future but oh i'm excited um very excited least fun and most morbid like i don't know where this is gonna go it's it's pretty pretty morbid so i mean they printed it in the papers right though so that's that's why it's the most morbid they, they say <laughs> so this one is from 1907 and it's titled meets horrible fate <laughs> one man cooked to death and another scalded in <laughs> Lucille, mississippi walter gardner was literally cooked to death and charles grime probably fatally scalded in an accident at the planning mill of the KC Lumber Company this morning. Grimes was oiling a crankshaft, something Dave does all the time, (laughs) and Gardner was standing close to the throttle valve. Without a moment's warning, the valve gave away with great force. The entire volume of steam striking Gardner full on the body from head to foot and hurling him to the rear end of the room, a distance of 20 feet. The flesh on his face, body, arms, and legs was cooked and fell away from the bones, leaving nothing but the skeleton. Grimes was scalded about the face, chest, and hands, but had the presence of mind enough to crawl out to the boiler room and tell the firemen to shut off the steam. When that guy comes crawling at you, you shut off the steam. Tell him to be more careful next time he's oiling his crankshaft. (laughs) (laughs) That guy melted like a Nazi in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Down to the skeleton. Good reference. Oh, my God. Do you feel like this reporter threw shade at that guy, too? He did. 
He's like has, Grimes. Grimes, you know, he had the presence, presence of, of mind to crawl out to the boiler room. Like this like dude other melting idiot. in the corner couldn't. couldn't <laughs> <do it. laughs> what an idiot! You're just gonna die immediately. You didn't even crawl and shut off the steam. Yeah, that's a little cold. Well, no, it's the opposite. But I mean, it was a little bit cold reporting <laughs> mm. this situation. Yeah, that actually- story reminds me of two stories. For one, the guy who was in Japan who got basically turned inside out from the radiation that they studied oh, and yeah. kept alive. And then the other one was in California. Have you heard the one about the guy at the tuna factory, the tuna packing factory? Do tell. He- Hang on, there's got to be a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> it has to be. Fuck, you got to give me more warning with these things. Sorry. But there's a guy who um, he got stuck. He was cleaning out one of the steamers where they cook the tuna and they didn't know he was in there and shoved like uh, big trays of tuna and blocked him in there and he cooked oh, to death with the tuna. Oh, uh, you gotta so. remember to not do that. Oh, god damn it. See that? If I prepared, it would have been a lot better than what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, so that's why I said it's probably the most morbid one we're yeah. going to um that was, to cover. That was a good one. There was a scene like that in uh Bone Collector, I think. Or maybe it was one of the Saw movies. I'm pretty sure it was the Bone Collector with Denzel Washington, a serial killer chaining somebody to a steam pipe. Mm, it's been so long since I've seen it that I don't remember offhand, to be honest. I know. All right. Are we ready for our next story? This next one has a little bit of a haunting in it, and I actually pulled it because of because of this particular sentence that it has in it. And I think you'll you'll understand when we get to that particular sentence, but let's get into it. This one is titled Crazed Woman and Queer Axe. Remember, people, this is 1904. Victim of dementia, which I also think dementia means something different in 1904. Um, when you hear the story, you'll understand. Performs thrilling antics on a high window ledge. Spe- special dispatch to the call. Omaha, Nebraska, May 25th. A woman racing back and forth on the eight-inch Cornish of a downtown hotel held a very large crowd spellbound for 20 minutes this afternoon before the police finally saved her from what had seemed certain death. Temporarily crazed by illness, Mrs. Olivia Boyd had swallowed a big dose of chloroform liniment, and when friends at the hotel tried to administer an antidote, She broke away from them and climbed through a window of her room trying to escape. Is chloroform just something people were taking as a drug back in the day? I didn't know there was an antidote to chloroform. Yeah, what is the antidote? This is a good point, too. The antidote was probably cocaine. (laughs) Probably. Probably was. Back and forth. (laughs) The crowd, which quickly gathered below, still further maddened her, and she kept crying incoherently. Shadows and cats are seeking to kill me. This is what she was yelling from the roof of this, le- le- of this ledge. After she had been racing back and forth on the narrow landing for 20 minutes, she was captured and dragged back into the house. But she finally broke loose from her captors and ran out from a window on the escape. Sorry, on the other side of the building onto the fire escape. There she hung from an iron bar three stories above the ground for several minutes while blankets were held below to catch her. Eventually, the police arrived and succeeded in quieting the woman. Mrs. Boyd, who is a widow, was to have been married next week. She was unable, after quieting down, to give any reasons for her strange actions. Talk about old feet, man. (laughs) So it sounds like they're using the word dementia as not like the not like a mental illness, but that her that she was acting demented like an, because an of episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, the real death note in chat saying that their cat is always trying to kill them. So that I have one sitting near me right now who's probably plotting my death too. So I get it. Shadows and cats. I just had to get up and walk away to let my cat out of the room because when he wants to leave the room, he knocks on the door. <laughs> and it's really. <laughs> but I, I pulled this one for that specific line where she was yelling that shadows and cats are seeking to kill her. 
basically very that. like um elisa lamb ish like mm. this, what oh, it kind yeah. of reminds me of a little bit yeah yeah just the 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 images we have of her you know like looking and running away from nothing and then this woman being like shadows and cats are chasing me and it's also like in this tall building and i don't know kind of gave me those vibes yeah for sure i understand why people like cats we grew up with cats but, but those things like science says that if cats were big enough they would just eat you oh for sure yeah we know and that lions and stuff it's not even like science you can actually just observe this if a cat is big <laughs> they enough, don't even have to be you. bigger it's just if you die they'll eat you too so. that's true yeah that's true so will a dog though they'll Dogs get will, us eventually but they'll be sad about it cats won't be sad about it. <laughs> let me know if my mic's any better i know i, I was talking about your mic but the uh Oh yeah, I'm using, new, I'm using new equipment. Yours is good now. Yours is good. Okay, Mine, cool. It was on the wrong setting. I was talking into my camera, so sorry, everybody. Uh, Everyone I've ever met has texted me and let me know that, that my mic sounds distorted. So, so apparently it does. I don't know. I, I took off all the effects. So do I sound okay now, or does it still sound weird? Nope, you sound bad. I sound bad. All yes. right, good news. Very good. You're gonna love it when you edit this and listen back. Oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right, so why don't we keep on this haunting of women right now? And I tell you, of women. <laughs> I forget what year this one is from because I forgot to write it down, but I believe it was early. Actually, I think this was late 1800s, if I recall properly. So let's get into this next one. And it is titled Kept a Bed by Spirits. For 10 years, Mrs. Halleck never arose, although healthy, although healthy, from the New York press. Buffalo, September 24th. Mrs. Anna Halleck of Wayne, Sahulier County, is a spiritualist, owns one of the finest farms in the country, or in the county, sorry, probably in the country too, is quite wealthy and has more than ordinary business ability and intelligence. A little over 10 years ago, she claims to have received a message from the spirit world directing her to go to bed and stay there for 10 years. A ghost told her to stay in bed for 10 years. This is going to be Rob's next excuse as to why God, I'm out of bed. That's is, yeah, yeah. A ghost I'm told afraid. me I have to take a year off of work again. <laughs> In the meanwhile, she was not to allow any water to touch her body. I'm not going that far. We're 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 going to find a way to bathe, even if I'm in bed for ten years. Uh, Mrs. Halleck went to her bed, and no persuasion or argument can make her get up. She would not allow people to wash her under any circumstances, although she accepted clean clothing. So we're talking, we have more to read on this story, but just to, to paint the picture, this woman clearly has money, has enough money to do whatever, has a ghost come to her and tells her to stay in bed for 10 years in the late 1800s, early 1900s, when bathing practices were already not great. And now she's not going to do it for 10 years. So Yeah. And there's only so much. They said they changed her clothes, but like there's only so much new undies can do at a certain point. Yes. You know what I mean? And we're not, we don't have controlled air conditioning or anything. It's still probably do you, getting. Deodorant yeah. was still, I think, 20 years away. Yeah. Oh, no. So she was apparently a strong, healthy woman, had splendid color, ate hearty meals and never complained of being ill. When clergymen called to urge her to get up, she was deaf to their entreaties and said the spirit ordered her to stay in bed for the purification of her soul. She continued the management of her farm, kept herself posted on the market prices of farm products, and did a great deal of writing, but nothing could persuade her to arise. Recently. This is where it gets real fun. Recently, the 10-year limit expired, and she got up and dressed herself. She was slightly bent in stature from being in bed so long, but was seemingly in good health and spirits. Last week, she received another message from the same spirit. 
go back to bed. <laughs> she declares she was ordered to go back to bed and remain there until the day of her death. She immediately complied. All sorts of arguments are being used to make her get up, but she is steadfast in her refusal and says she will stay in bed until she dies. She will not allow herself to be washed either. That is, I, I first of all, I'm not buying that she was in that bed for 10 years and then got up with no problem. There would be so much muscle atrophy. Yeah, like bed sores and stuff. And step A, you made a good point. Was she using a bedpan or like, oh, how was the bathroom situation working? Yeah, what yeah. are you doing here? This, this, this is gross. gross. Is yeah, gross. This, is, this is a whole situation. Like, can you imagine this is your family member and it's like Christmas is coming up and you're like, oh, I have to go to Aunt Dorothy's who won't get out of bed. So we have to bring the Christmas tree in there. And she bought us some like, she just keeps giving us sheets for <laughs> Christmas. Everyone's rubbing like Vicks <laughs> under their nose so they don't smell it. And everyone, kids, take your Vicks. Nasty. Like a crime scene. She's a missus too, right? So does her husband sleep in bed with her at night? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, well, they didn't have the same bed probably then. That was when they... That's true. Wealthy people in the 1800s. Yeah, they probably had separate beds. Different rooms too, probably. I would would make sure if she was staying in bed for 10 years that I had a whole separate room for sure. Yeah, I'd have a different wing of the house. I'd have a different wife. (laughs) Different wife, different family. What is she going to do if something happens? Like, what if the house starts to burn down in like year six and she has to get up to get out? Is she going to stay in bed? The ghost did wheel. say until she dies. Gotta wheel the bed out with her. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't it's know, just, man. It sounds like one of the many excuses you would get on like a, a an episode of Hoarders or something like that. Right? Like, no, yeah. a ghost told me that I have to keep my house. A ghost told me. Next day. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Tom gross stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Kate said, can you imagine the ghost that used those sheets to haunt? <laughs> oh, no, that poor Gross. ghost. Oh, God, haunted by a yellowish-brown ghost. <laughs> and, and what about when she becomes a ghost? You know how, like, we get, like, smells associated with ghosts, like roses or cigars? Oh. It's like, oh, I can smell someone that was laying in bed for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a demon. It smells like rotting flesh. Mm. Gross. All right. Are we ready for our next haunted headline? Absolutely. Yes. All right. Love to move on from that one. (laughs) (laughs) This one is titled Digs His Own Grave from 1912. Mm. So from Muskogee, Oklahoma, November 9th, Joseph Turby, 75 years old, unwittingly dug his own grave today near Haskell, Oklahoma. And when it was finished, fell into the grave dead. <sighs> Turby and another man started to dig a grave for an old woman. God, just throwing shade at these reporters who died yesterday. They had just finished and Turby stooping over to gather up his tools, boasting of his physical strength for a man of his age, fell into the grave. His friend thought he had hurt himself and got down in the grave to help him out. When he found that he was dead, Turby will be buried in the grave that he dug himself this afternoon, and another grave was dug for the aged woman. They just left him. <laughs> Two things. Number one, they left him there because they didn't feel like going to get him out. They're like, oh, there's, there's already one here. We just leave him here. It would make absolutely no sense to take him out and dig another hole for him. But what if he wasn't fully dead? I know. <sighs> I know, even, they're if, just, even if he was fully dead, I mean, you got to take him out and put him in a coffin, right? I suppose <laughs> yeah. you, have to, you have to take put him, him out. in a nice suit. No, put him in his digging clothes. Like, I know we're just taking the, I mean, like no shade to people who dig graves, but he's clearly not a doctor. We're just taking the yeah. word of this dude yeah, that true. was yeah, digging the grave. grave digger, yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, I think he's dead. That Sounds guy like said it. he was dead. It's good enough for me. <laughs> I was so sick family. Of Let's just have a, have the funeral out today. Call the preacher. <laughs> I'm so sick of him boasting of how strong he is at 75 years old. I hope he's fucking dead. <laughs> I love how at the end they had to get in another dig at the old woman. They had to call yeah. her aged. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, these reporters have like no. Right. That's point one. Point number two. 
how long do you think he laughed at him before he went to go check on him? I know. Because he was I like, know. he was just boasting about how strong he is. He's like, ah, you know, when you have the strength, like, ah, shit. <laughs> I said, we, we all would have laughed. Oh, yeah. Because he probably made a funny noise when he fell in. <laughs> I thought he was joking. <laughs> not, not strong enough to pull yourself out of a grave, Turby, you old fuck. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder what funny noise he made. <laughs> Look at that Monty Python. Uh, uh, <laughs> that. Or just, oh dear. Oh dear. Where was this? It's uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, it was Oklahoma. Oh dear. <laughs> All right. Do we want to do the frog story? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that the one everyone's waiting for? Oh yeah. 100%. Okay. We will do the frog story now. Let me present it. So this is one that doesn't actually have a haunting, like a ghost attached to it. But it's just, again, I've opened this to some of the more bizarre stories as well. So this is from 1897. Set upon by frogs is the title. Thousands of them attack a farmer as he descends into a well. Oh, shit. (laughs) For some time, Elmer Cantor, this feels like it would happen to an Elmer, right? Like, it had to happen to an Elmer. Elmer was attacked by the frogs today. (laughs) (laughs) For some time, Elmer Cantor of Union, New York, noticed a peculiar taste to the water in his well, and he was determined (laughs) to clean it. It's frog piss. (laughs) (laughs) William Forbes was engaged to pump it out, and after draining off as much water as possible, he descended into the well. Suddenly, Cantor, so Cantor wasn't the one in the well, it was William Forbes. Suddenly, Cantor heard a loud commotion in the water and a muffled cry for help. He thought the man had been overcome by gas and hurried down to find a squirming mass on the water with which Forbes was battling on projecting stones above his head and in the water around him were thousands of frogs. <laughs> Some were monstrous fellows. <laughs> no one has ever described a, saw a frog like this. This frog is a monstrous fellow. <laughs> and it seemed as though they had made a preconcerted attack. No shot. Oh my God. They've been planning this. For years. Like, all right, if we twist the water, they're going to notice that it's a funny taste. Then he descends in, and then we send out our most monstrous fellows to get him. <laughs> it's all part it's of the like plan. working no out. <laughs> Frogs don't strike me as a, the type of reptile who plans things. They're amphibians, sir. <laughs> they don't strike me as a reptile at all. They strike me as amphibians. <laughs> and they don't strike me as the type that, that they're not plotting something. Maybe they are. Maybe they no. are. Sounds like they were. They were leaping upon his head and shoulders from all directions, and he was covered with a slime that gave forth a sickening odor. It was with some difficulty that he was rescued from his perilous position. And had he remained in the water a short time longer, he would have sunk helpless to the bottom. It is supposed the frogs reached the well from a pond by means of an underground channel from the oh, New man. York Press. <laughs> Frogs are digging tunnels now. These frogs just tunneled over from Alcatraz. And like, oh, this is where we get our victim. We got to plan it out meticulously. This, oh my God. This is like the weirdest story I ever came to. We have stories of like frog mutiny. Like they're, they're planning yeah. out this whole attack. They're digging underground tunnels from a pond to go in the well for a preconcerted attack. There's a it's farmer like Elmer. 11 with frogs. <laughs> With the monstrous fellows. The monstrous fellows. Those forget. are the goon frogs. <laughs> I, somebody needs to send this, uh, turn this into a script and send it to Samuel L. Jackson. This would be <laughs> sick and tired of these frogs in the motherfucking well. <laughs> so that is that is the frog story. I hope it lived up to what we all were um, anticipating for it. I didn't uh, even I know what I was anticipating. And that was that was great. <laughs> I don't think any of us expected it to go the way that it went there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to share. On, um, you had alpha frogs in that one. You had alpha frogs. I didn't know there were alpha mm-hmm. frogs. Mm. 
they're, Chad they're, Frogs. They were Chad definitely. Frogs. Chad Frogs took control of the situation. <laughs> How's my piss taste? Ribbit. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that they described it as like a military strategy. <laughs> yeah, they tunneled, they tunneled in from Alcatraz. Yeah. They made the they, they were obviously in a frog prison. They were in a frog prison and then mm. they made they tunneled their way out of that prison into that well and then they planned an attack. They planned an attack. Yeah, they made it sound like it was an RPG or like a D&D squad that was going out there. They're like, first we're going to send out our monstrous fellows, the yeah. tanks. To and then we're gonna back take a lot of the damage. <laughs> They're gonna rappel down the well from the from the ground. And then we're yeah. gonna cover them in slime. Yeah, our, archer, really our archer frogs are gonna spit some slime at them from back here. <laughs> we got some healing frogs, the albino frogs over here that are gonna cast some healing spells for everybody. Precision frog psych. <laughs> it's coming in. Yeah, it's just it's the most outrageous story I've ever heard. <laughs> it's it's just unbelievable to be honest. And uh I had to add it, just had to be there. I'm so glad you did. It brought me so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is from 1888. And it's titled The Ghost Victim Very Ill. It, like <laughs> very bad headline. Let's start with this. We're Jeez. we're missing a word somewhere. We do right? address Papa Squatch's comment who says they were infiltrated by James Pond. <laughs> James Pond. <laughs> that is my favorite. So good. The ghost victim, very ill, didn't fall very ill, is very ill, but the ghost victim, very ill. Dubuque, Iowa, March 30th. Mrs. Conklin, the widow whose life has been made miserable by the wrath of her suicidal lover, is dangerously ill at Wokon. Just before Beale took his fatal dose, he purchased some meat for the widow. Sorry. Just before Beale, which is the, the lover, they should have specified that in this uh, article, took his fatal dose, he purchased some meat for the widow at her request. She first ate of it yesterday. Traces are cynical poison have been found in the contents of her stomach and it is evidence that beale intended the widow should join him in his fight in his flight from earth in the meantime true to his vow his ghost continues to walk the earth and harass the scorner of his love that's eerie we need more to this story was he her lover like. or did she scorn his love right I Those feel like it deserved more than six sentences. There's a yeah. long story here, and there's not enough here in this article. So thank you for publishing it, but you really could have wrote a book about this. Right. Yeah, they make it this... they make it sound like we just we should be able to fill in the blanks. Like well, just you, before you he it. took his fatal dose. Like his fatal dose of what? Like we we don't this know. This is like the story where I wish I could be around whoever the gossipy old ladies in town were at the time, because they would have all of it. They would know yeah, every detail. Would. We need to get a hold of these gossipy old ladies so they can finish the story for us. When was this from? What year? This was from 1888. Oh, mm. so the gossipy old ladies are dead. Yeah, they Probably taken out by alpha frogs. Probably. Imagine surviving some dude trying to poison you and then his ghost comes back and is like, bitch, you were supposed <laughs> to eat the fucking meat. Like, and he's <laughs> just like harassing done. you. Like, I'm not done yet. I know. It's like I got to survive and now I have to deal with you. Like, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wish that we got more. It, it it really does feel like it has a companion piece story that you're supposed to read with it. Like like it just it, felt like like a, a reporter who they were like, Terry, you gotta write about this. And Terry's like, I don't want to write about it. And they're like, you have to. So he's he still wrote about it, but it felt like it didn't feel like it. Still elegant yeah. as fuck because it's back in whatever year, but but it was a lot of a lot of details that were seen. They seemed very important. And they were kind of glossed over. Uh, Papa Squatch brings up a good point that this scorn lover he croaked. So <laughs> stay away from the frog. And also, if my scorned lover had just committed suicide by poisoning himself, and then he was like, "I bought you this meat. I got you this meat." <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry that it's been unwrapped from the butchers yeah. and then rewrapped by me. It's just, just eat it. 
<laughs> yeah, just just try some of it. Just try know? it. Just, Don't cook it. Don't it. cook it. <laughs> and allegedly, his ghost is still haunting her too. There's a whole lot going on here. In a this, lot in this six sentence. His ghost is probably still messing with her. Like he can't poison her anymore because he's a ghost. But he's probably still like, make sure you finish your food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now mm-hmm. she has to question it. You know. We wrote more coherent two sentence horror stories back in the day, Dave. That's true. Than than this newspaper oh, article. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. Start we doing should, those again. We should do those again. Hmm. Shelby, you should start doing that on your show. Here are my demands for a scary to sleep. <laughs> when you take over after I die, like we've all decided. <laughs> yeah. Yes, people will be super excited to hear my voice instead of yours. Speaking of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be seamless. No one will notice. That's where it all went downhill. Rob had too much frog water. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, where the hell did Shelby go? And why is Kermit the Frog hosting Scary to Sleep now? <laughs> all right. Let's get into our next story. And we might have to stretch these boys and girls because we might be running out of stories. I have some in the reserve, though. Don't you worry if we need a few more. I, uh, I always come prepared, much like a frog army. <laughs> This one is from 1898, and it's titled, Looking for a Ghost. Queer stories are afloat. Just already sounds great. First four words. Queer stories are afloat concerning a mysterious apparition that has appeared in St. Cloud. Thomas Kane, one of the best-known residents in that section, and a man who is known for his veracity. Do you think they chose that, like that that they're afloat? And it just happens to be in St. Cloud. Maybe. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe. Um, that's, that's good. I didn't even pick up on that. A man known for his veracity tells the following story of his dealings with the ghost. Quoted, on Saturday evening, I started out to repair the switch on the water tank and had gone some distance when I noticed a man coming towards me. At first, I did not think anything about him. But as the person drew nearer, I saw he was a strange man and was dressed in white. Upon closer scrutiny... He didn't look like a fucking cloud. (laughs) Dressed in white. He was very fluffy. I was was afraid he would come over and rain frog water upon me. (laughs) Upon closer scrutiny, I noticed that the man was not walking, but gliding along the rails. He missed it. He could have said floating along the rails. Yeah, because gliding makes me think of a skateboard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they were skateboarding too much in yeah, 1898. But no, no. right now, not a single one of us. It's just a, it's just a, a time slip, and this man saw somebody grinding the, <laughs> yeah, he's grinding the railway. Right. Yeah, too sick. He's just in his energy, in his white echo hoodie. Oh, no, <laughs> listening to POD. Hardogram <laughs> on his skateboard. Just ripping open some Pokemon cards. <laughs> this ghost is terrifying, but can you but can you kickflip? Ghost <laughs> <sighs> oh, just punched a hole in my drywall. <laughs> <laughs> Upon closer scrutiny, I noticed that the man was not walking but gliding along the rails. When a short distance away. I asked him who he was and where he was wearing those shoes without you could grind. Oh my God, those shoes. (laughs) I forgot about those. Do they still make those? I hope so. I've always wanted a pair. So, so sorry, Rob. No, you're good. This is, this is great. (laughs) Stretch this as much as you can, please. (laughs) I haven't thought about those shoes in so long. (laughs) I forgot all about them. I think about them every day. I would have never remembered them if you didn't bring them up. The worst was like us who couldn't afford those shoes or, or our parents were not, they, they wouldn't buy them because they were really, really stupid. But, you know, so I, I understand why we didn't get those shoes. So the worst is like you still wanted to do it. So you jump up on a railing with regular shoes and with just regular bust shoes. your ass. Yeah, but you had to still have to try. Like, well, maybe these ones are slippery enough. They weren't. They were dangerous. No, they weren't Heelys, Papa Squatch. I don't remember what the fuck they were called. They were for they were grinding. Called they were called soaps. Okay. Yeah, they had like the plastic in the middle of the shoe, so you could they actually close and grind. Yeah, we Heelys came out next. Heelys are like good yeah, idea. Heelys were later. Here's something else that's stupid <laughs> and amazing, and I still didn't get those either. 
I, li- I like this comment from Blow Man Chicago saying, "Drinking a Jolt Cola." Surge. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Surge. Yep. When a short distance away, I asked him who he was and where he was going. Hardly had I finished the questions when he vanished in the air. Before saying the mall. (laughs) (laughs) My buddies have already snorted three packs of Smarties. I got $20 to spend at Orange Julius. (laughs) (laughs) I felt rather peculiar, but on Monday night, I made the same journey. I saw the same object coming. And when a short distance away, it spread out its arms to full length and melted away. The point at which the ghost appears is a lonely spot near the railway water tank. They didn't really describe the spot too well. Like we knew it was by a railway and a water tank. It's just near that. Yeah. Melted away is a weird way to describe a ghost disappearing. Yeah. Like, it not really dissipated. Is. It melted away like his ring pop. <laughs> <laughs> The, the haunt the time slip of 2004. Yeah, <laughs> by the ghost of Kyle. <laughs> the ghost of Kyle. Melted away like that dude in the steam. I want you guys to have merch. Oh, no. The ghost of Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it, going back to that first story. They didn't say that he burnt to death, which is what happened. They said that he was cooked. It's like, yeah. Dude, yeah. It's a much dude. more visceral way of saying that. Did they season him up? Like, they're like, it's just, I don't know. People are burn victims. They're not cooked victims. You know, it's, that's tough. He said he was listening to Yellow Card, but it was actually Avril Lavigne. <laughs> it tore his corn shirt. <laughs> he said he was rushing home because he had to see who was number one on TRL. TRL. <laughs> oh, no. He watches the show, but he won't admit it to his friends because he doesn't want them to know that he likes Carson Daly and thinks he's kind of funny. <laughs> he says he mutes when the Backstreet Boys are on, but still watches the video. Uh, the ghost of Kyle, the worst ghost of all time. We should never mention this guy again. Sickest ghost ever. <laughs> he just gave his dad the stepdad the middle finger right now while he was walking away. His step ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this ghost was glowing, but it was just his frosted tips. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, watch out for his wallet chain. Oh, no. <laughs> he has one haunting left tucked in his bell bottom jeans. <laughs> I bell thought bottom. he was I thought he was wearing ornate garbs, but it was really just Jenko jeans. <laughs> All right, so this one is from 1910. And I think this was like sort of a like an AP situation where there was a bunch of different news stories going on in one newspaper. So the first one is titled Ghost Scares Boy is Drowned in River. Sandy, Oregon, September 10th. Shouting, the ghosts are after me. John McDonald, a 17-year-old boy, dashed into the home of a neighbor at midnight, then dashed across a fellet, a field. Oh, they spelled field wrong. I don't think they did. Oh, they did, yeah. All right, so you don't know geography or how to spell things. It's good to know. I I was looking at the wrong word. (laughs) But where would you look at? They don't spell river right in this either. All right, let's, let's do this again. Shouting, the ghosts are after me. John McDonald, a 17-year-old boy, dashed into the home of a neighbor at midnight, then dashed, dashed across a field toward the Sandy River, where it is believed the lad was drowned. A searching party was organized today, and the youth was traced for a mile. His tracks were lost near a cliff, which overhangs the stream. McDonald, McDonald was dressed only in his night clothing. It was believed that he was temporarily deranged from fever with which he was suffering. McDonald's mother, Mrs. S. Haley, is prostrated from worry over his disappearance. So this is um, a terrifying story where this kid is running and thinking that ghosts are chasing him. 
I mean, have, have you guys ever had a fever that induced like something like this? No, I feel like I've had fever dreams, you know, mm. where you, but not nothing where I physically acted out. And did he, we don't call does them. He drowned, but then it says he disappeared. So did he fall into the river and they just never found his body or. Mm. I'm not sure, but we don't call them fever dreams here. We call it visiting the hat man, yeah. <laughs> which is induced by taking NyQuil. Yes. We do a recreation. Or a lot of Benadryl. Yeah. Benadryl will do it too. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy because I was reading this and I'm like, well, I've never had a fever. Like use this to me. Yeah. And even if I did, I feel like if I was that sick, I'm not running over a mile to a river. I mean, I'm not running over a mile to a river, no matter what anyways, right now I'm, Must be honest, you're not running a mile anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Blow me in Chicago made me think, uh, he mentioned an edible and do you think that he was on some old timey medicine for his fever oh. and it's like fever combined with fucking opium or something. <laughs> and that would make some ghosts follow you. Probably on prescribed, uh, what was that drug? Chloroform. <laughs> what, yeah. what is it and he didn't have the antidote, which apparently <laughs> the, the cocaine antidote. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So this this was a crazy one. But not not only is this a crazy one, there is a story right below this. Yeah, I was looking at that. Elevator yeah. kills man. I mean, there. Elevator kills man. L.R. McGines, 28, died today from injuries received last night at the St. Francis Hotel during an admission day reception. McGines was caught between the elevator and mezzanine floor. Ugh. The accident was witnessed by many of the visitors. Oh. Don't we, need, we might have to look into, we haven't done San Francisco yet, but maybe we need to see if the St. Francis Hotel is still standing and uh, see if there's... Haunted. Yeah, see if there's a ghost attached. Isn't it uh, San Francisco? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I wasn't laughing at the poor man in the elevator. Um, Matthew Thomas said that the kid was on frog piss. And <laughs> oh yeah, that'll do it. Just licking some toads out it. there. <laughs> Although our uh, our resident paramedic slash firefighter slash whatever other expert title we've gave him, Captain McSlug says that he must have had Tylenol PM and ate string cheese before bed. That'll so, do it. That is de- debunked, solved. solved, no longer a mystery. Solved. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. All right. So while between the elevator and the f- mezzanine floor, I mean, he must have been servicing it, or maybe he dropped his wallet and went in. Because and... this is what year was this again, Rob? Was it nineteen ten? You said. I have closed out that folder, but but was it one of the old timey ones that you closed the gates and like you yeah. can actually like it's not a real fully closed in shaft. I lived in an apartment building with one of those and you could easily slip in and out there. That's how everybody witnessed it also. Since the theme of the night, other than frogs is just newspaper writers throwing shade. I feel as though it's uh, appropriate to go ahead and show this particular story that I was going to save, but you know, we're having fun tonight, right? Do a We'll do a couple more. Yeah. This one is titled, Monster Boy Thought Dead is Still Alive, 1913, Pikeville, Kentucky, July 15th. Willie Miles weighed 300 pounds, age 15 years, fell from a hayrick here yesterday, and two hours later awoke on an undertaker's table in his home. Miles was overcome by the heat, and so complete was the prostration that his family thought him dead. Two hours rest on the undertaker's table, however, revived him. Must have been this cold. family was so ready to mail it in. <laughs> <laughs> the kid fell over. Like I was dead. And it was only two hours later. Did they call him immediately? Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. Also, hey, why if- are they calling a monster boy in the headline? <laughs> I know. They never addressed that. Why He's are we throwing like, this shade at this kid? Maybe it's like a Frankenstein reference, right? He's back from the dead. I don't know. And there were pitchforks because of the hay. (laughs) (laughs) What's a hay rick? What is that? I I will say this. I don't know. If one of my 
kids dies, God forbid, or anyone I know dies, if anyone in my family dies, and the Undertaker shows up and is like, all right, let me use your kitchen table. I'm like, dude, fuck off. Take this thing with you because that's what you do. This is your job. You don't use my table. You take it to your laboratory or whatever it is and use your table. Don't use my table. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still stuck on Frankenstein. I know they don't work in a laboratory. A hay rick is another term for a haystack. Thank you. So yeah, this kid, uh, I hope it was more than one bale of hay because then the family is really just at fault here. Because if he just fell off one bale of hay and they're like, he's dead. Pack it up. Call the Undertaker. Yeah. Lay him out on the kitchen fucking table. <laughs> Thank God he was alive. Because if he was actually dead, I would be un unbelievably upset. Not right. just about the table. I guess I would also be upset that the kid is dead, but <laughs> that adds to it. You know? it's well, like, on the edge of that, you know, wears off. I'd be very upset about the table. Yeah. We have to bury our kid and replace the kitchen table. <laughs> the worst Ball day ever. Undertaker, man. <gasps> Shows All up right. in his automobile and just doesn't even cart him away. The lobotomobile. <laughs> the lobotomobile. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a throwback to an earlier episode. Way earlier. All right. Do we want to go? We'll do a couple more of these, I guess. Some of these are short. We'll do a long one. We'll do one of the long ones. And I think we actually did this on our live show. Let's that, do one more and let's save the rest for a future one. Like these are, buddy, you can can. Welcome to our final episode of Haunted Headlines. No, I, <laughs> I have... I have reserves and reserves and reserves. All right. We did this one at our live show, but this one is weird and is worthy of doing on an actual episode. So let's go ahead and do this one. And it is titled, it's from, first of all, it's from 1890, titled Buried in a Chair, a novel funeral coffin made to fit a rocker. Pauling, New York, July 28th. Shout out to Jesse's birthday. One of the most extraordinary funerals that ever occurred in this section of the country has been held in this village. Mrs. George S. Um, Nor I'm going to say Norton. It's kind of cut off. Wife of a prominent contractor of this place was buried sitting in a rocking chair, which for months had been her only resting place and which she requested sometime before her death should accompany her to the grave. It was not alone. The sentiment of her attachment to the chair that prompted her to make this strange request. But being a large person, she had she had bad what is that? She say? had had. She had had, wow, for a long time a dread of being crushed in an ordinary coffin and had a horror of having the earth falling and pressing upon her. About six months ago, she communicated her fears to Richard D. Kimlin, a neighbor and carpenter by trade, and asked him to build for her a box calculated to hold her body as it sat in her favorite rocking chair. For two years, she had been a sufferer from heart disease, which prevented her from lying down. And her nights as well as days were consequently passed in this chair. It was not strange, therefore, that the piece of furniture next to her husband should become the darest thing she knew. The box, which was made of seasoned chestnut, four and a half feet high, six feet long, and two feet nine inches wide, was made in two sections. The lower division being two feet six inches deep, and the upper part a cover two feet high. The body dressed in black with a bit of white lace around the throat sat in the rocking chair just in the position in which Mrs. Norton breathed her last on Monday with hands folded across her lap and a calm expression on her face. The box, which with its contents weighed 500 pounds, was fitted with casters. We'll get it. We'll definitely bury you in that chair. I just <laughs> don't understand her fear of of earth pressing upon her and how that's different in the sitting position. I will. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, they've been doing coffins a long time. I'm sure they get the technology figured out for coffins where you're probably more likely to stick with what they've been doing for hundreds of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years. 
as opposed to creating a brand new shape and dimension mm. and all this for this custom coffin. Like this thing probably collapsed before they even finished throwing dirt on her. If they actually built this thing to be shaped like a chair, that's ridiculous. Because you still you could still put her in a chair and shape the box like a box. You don't need the extra dimensions. Yeah, but it seems like they were really into it. The person she asked was all about it. He's like, finally, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I never get to do this. I started this website. It's called Chair Shape Coffins. (laughs) (laughs) And you're my first customer. I never thought it would happen. Yeah. So. And then the frogs tunneled in and attacked her. (laughs) Destroyed the box anyways. It was all for nothing. They (laughs) sent the monstrous frogs. (laughs) Monstrous fellows. Monstrous fellows. We're going to do one last one. And this is one of the... You know, this goes along the lines of the three-year-old boy. So we had one last time, Shelby, where they were having a funeral for a three-year-old boy. And he sat up. He sat up at the funeral, looked at his grandmother, who died on the spot. And then the boy laid back down dead. So we'll probably never top that one. Your reaction was our reaction when he yeah. did that story. Well, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. It, Two for it, one. It was crazy. I'll send it to you. I'll let you see that one. It's, yeah. It's wild. I have it somewhere. All right. So this one is from 1911, and it is titled Feared Living Burial. A weird incident occurred lately in the cemetery of Paza, a village in Saxony. The clergyman of the parish was pe- preaching a funeral sermon at the grave of a seven-year-old girl when he astonished the mourners by asserting that he had dreamt that the girl was not really dead. The clergyman called upon the pallbearers to open the coffin, and although they at first declined, finally yielded. The clergyman approached the corpse, but after waiting in vain for the body to show signs of life, allowed the coffin to be lowered into the grave. (laughs) Why are we going off this one man's dream, by the way? Why is that? I mean, I hope... I hope someone would go off their dream if this happened to me, especially back then. Whatever you got, they were burying everyone alive back then. (laughs) Exactly. I, if it was me back then, I'd want to be left out until I'm starting to rot and then you can bury me. Mm. Like we're just going to leave your coffin open for 14 days, Shelby. Yeah. Yeah. You can leave me out back. I've already told you guys that when I pass away, just prop me up in my recording chair here. And just keep putting me live. I can't fucking wait to do this. I'm out of y'all. All right. So that's going to do it for this very special live haunted headlines. But we do have a couple of five-star reviews to read from Apple. We're going to start with Shane O'Mac. Um, let's start with Dave Downs titled five stars. Love you guys and appreciate your hard work. I would love to hear you guys review the movie, the last exorcism which was produced by Eli Roth. I feel it's underrated. Once again, thank you. Your podcast means a lot to me, your friend Dave D. So if it's a possession movie, Dave's all about it. So we'll we'll probably get to that movie soon. Thank we you, should, We got to start a list again. This other one is titled Shane O'Mac, titled Update on Eileen, which we have. And it's <laughs> he wrote, your show is great. I listen a lot. I love your discussion back and forth. Please do another random curse possessions. The one with Eileen still has me laughing. So okay. double good news for this guy. I have a live update. We have received a counter offer. Oh, from the seller of the Eileen doll. And it's a $110 counter offer. Oh, what do we offer? $10? We offer <laughs> <laughs> counter, like- counter eight, $8. Counter with $15. Wait, was this one that took matchsticks? Should we offer matchsticks? Is that the one? Because they're going to not have any idea what you're talking about. If it's no, not. I think that was the little figurines. I'll throw uh, it in there anyways. Yeah, $15 and 10 matchsticks. We're going to counter with $25. And that's it. We're not going to insult them. We're just going to make a generous offer. All right, $25. The other good news is next Tuesday, we are going to do a live Curse Possessions for Sale episode where we scour the internet and find a cursed possession to potentially purchase. And we're going to do that one live instead of as a side content next Tuesday. So 
I'll let one of you guys close out the show because my mic sounds weird. Uh, Well, that is going to do it for this week's Haunted Headlines. For myself, for Dave, for Jesse, and for our special guest, Shelby, thank you so much for being here, dissecting our headlines with us. Make sure you go watch or go listen to Scary to Sleep. It is a great show, and uh, we will see you next week. Peace.